Hello, welcome to the expert series. Today we are joined by Professor Grace Zato. She has been teaching physiotherapy in undergraduate programs for over 20 years. Her research interest is in work-related musculoskeletal disorders, ergonomics and biomechanics, especially neck and upper limb disorders in computer and smartphone users. Professor Zato has been a member of the Hong Kong Occupational Safety and Health Council and has been the chairperson of the research committee since 2017. She is currently serving as associate editor for the journal Musculoskeletal Science and Practice and editorial board member for Applied Ergonomics. Fun fact about her, she is a K-drama and BTS fan. We are also joined by our producer Neha Rao. I am your host Aditi Bhatt. Professor Zaito, welcome to the show. Hi Aditi, thanks for inviting me. Thank you for having us. So I'm going to um, ask you, and this is something that we ask all of our other speakers as well, is what drew you to the field of ergonomics and occupational health? Well, it started when I was uh, working as a physiotherapist, treating patients with uh, neck pain, uh, back pain, etc. And I find that uh, from my uh, treatment, I can make uh, their pain goes away. But if they don't uh, improve their work habits, their pain will come back. So I find that it is very, very important to uh, ask the patients the details about what they do and how they do their work. Mm -hmm. And and then, uh, of course, uh, I was finding that a lot of office workers have this neck pain problem from sitting in front of the computer and the computer screen and keyboard on the wrong place. So that drew me uh, into the study of ergonomics and I just became very interested in that and I find very uh, great satisfaction when I uh, teach the patients how to improve uh, their setup of their computer screen and keyboard and uh, it helps them to uh, maintain good posture and then uh, keep them healthy and uh, uh, relieve their pain. So I began uh, when I started to do the postgraduate studies um, mm -hmm. and, and also started to uh, take up teaching and also research. I got into the field of studying about uh, how people have may have developed different uh, uh, muscle imbalance or abnormal posture. So uh, I've been pursuing this kind of research for the last 20 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, as you were talking about correct posture and incorrect posture, I found myself correcting my own <laughs> posture. Like, I, I don't want her to point out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share some insights from your extensive clinical experience in physiotherapy in various countries? Yes. Uh, and then in my uh, last 20 years of uh, teaching and having uh, yeah. research and also attending conferences and exchanging ideas with uh, people from uh, different countries, I find that actually uh, different countries have different uh, legislature defining what is an occupational injury or uh, occupational disease. Now, because I've lived in Australia for uh, quite a few years, uh, that mm -hmm. was uh, before I came back to teach in Hong Kong, uh, I, oh, in Australia, uh, if a, a worker goes to the uh, GP, the, the uh, medical doctor, and say that I have neck pain and it's related to my work, their insurance cover will already uh, accept that as part of the work-related 
uh, medical expense, and they would uh, be covered. Uh, the medical expenses, including physiotherapy treatment, would be covered under the insurance. But in some countries like Hong Kong, where mm -hmm. you have to actually prove the cause of the pain, which is uh, a bit more difficult because a lot of these uh, office workers, they may not have a very specific injury, but it is a, a cumulative uh, uh, gradual onset of uh, neck and shoulder pain due to their everyday work with the computer. And of course, uh, everyone uh, with the process of aging, there may be a certain element of degeneration. So sometimes we will sit with doctors and we even argue, is it really an, a, a, a work uh, and, uh, a pain caused by work or is it due to the natural process of degeneration and uh, muscle uh, um, uh, stiffness, etc. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Hong Kong, you it, the, the rule is more stringent. So you find our uh, occupational injury statistics is much a low, lower rate because you need to fill in a lot of forms. It needs right. to be sent to the labor department in Hong Kong and they have, the, they have some medical doctors to examine how you develop the pain and whether there was a specific incident before it can be accepted as an uh, employee's compensation claim. So a lot of people don't bother and then mm -hmm. they would just go and use their normal public health uh, entitlement to get the treatment. Mm -hmm. And so then those kind of uh, differences in the uh, definition of occupational injury and uh, disease can uh, lead to different uh, statistical rates of uh, uh, these kind of disorders. And also, there is also a uh, cultural difference. For example, in a lot of the Asian countries, we tend to have, I don't know whether you say, a higher tolerance of pain. Because often we, are, we, we said, oh, aches and pains is the normal, uh, uh, event in life and uh, we, we have a very strong work uh, ethics i think mm -hmm. a lot of people are afraid of losing their jobs if they say oh my work is causing the pain whereas in a lot of the western countries their uh legislature is uh that related to occupational safety is more developed and they have stronger unions etc so mm -hmm. people are very more open to talk about their pain and that they would be more willing, more forward coming to seek help. Whereas in a lot of the Asian countries, actually it's more the last maybe 10, 20 years that we've become more uh, uh, accepting of that we, we, we have pain and we are entitled to receive treatment. But in the old days, you, you know that a lot of uh, people uh, may just suffer with that, put up with their pain and just carry on with their work and just accept it as part of their life. So uh, that is some difference in the different countries due yeah. to the culture and also the legislature in the different countries. You bring up an excellent point. I remember my parents, um, they would not take a leave because having pain would mean taking a leave and that would often mean you don't get paid for the days you take off. Yeah. So in order to ensure that there's food on the table, it's like, okay, pain is a part of our life. Let's just get yeah. through this. When I... Uh, even when I was doing research in Hong Kong, if I go to, if a company invite me to go and uh, uh, assess their workers' uh, computer workstation, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't feel comfortable to let me take photos of them working in uh, oh. at their at their uh, mm -hmm. computers. 
Whereas in the Western countries, I see in uh, like Sweden, uh, in the European countries, yeah. their workers would allow the researchers to put on sensors all over their body, electrodes, uh, and follow them for the whole day <laughs> to do all the measurement. Mm -hmm. And they are very willing to, to uh, participate in this kind of uh, research project. Whereas in Hong Kong, they will be very skeptical. They say, you know, why are you measuring uh, uh, my uh, muscles and mm -hmm. what's the outcome with my boss, uh, uh, you know, uh, be discovered that I'm not doing my work correctly mm -hmm. or they, they, they are very uh, sensitive about this sort of thing. Yeah. So it's not so easy to do research in the workplace in uh, probably in the Asian countries. I, I expect the same with India as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that. Um, and it's timely. And also your virtual symposium focuses on the impact of WRMSDs on employees, yes. Yes. particularly the neck and shoulder regions. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about your symposium? Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to have this opportunity to uh, organize the virtual symposium. I invited some uh, very good researchers. Uh, beside myself, there are three other uh, international researchers. Uh, uh, Dr. Tessie Luger is from Germany. Uh, mm -hmm. Professor uh, Pascal Madeline is from Denmark. And uh, Professor Alberto Heredio Rizzo is from Spain. And uh, uh, the four of us have uh, all have strong interest in uh, researching on uh, the mechanisms behind why people get pain in the workplace and also how to introduce some interventions to help them relieve their problems. So the first speaker will be Dr. Tessie Luger. She is the head of the work physiology lab in at the uh, Urban Heart Karls University and University Hospital of Tübingen, Germany. Uh, she's been doing research on these uh, the biomechanics and the work-related uh, musculoskeletal disorders for many years. And she has been looking at the uh, different kinds of uh, bricks, uh, active bricks versus uh, passive bricks uh, in the in the work uh, for those who have a long duration of work. Uh, this time she will discuss uh, the results of a research study she has done on laparoscopic surgeons. So looking at, you know how people, surgeons, uh, they can do the, uh, the surgery work for, it can sometimes take hours. You yeah. can imagine when a surgeon is doing the surgery, actually we call this the chicken wing posture. When the surgeons have to hold their arms up and they have to do this fine manipulation uh, mm -hmm. of the surgical instruments mm -hmm. on the patient, right? And so a lot of surgeons also have neck and shoulder pain. So she's looking at the effect of uh, active breaks, meaning that the, the surgeon may actually take a break and maybe do some exercises. We also have uh, different countries have different introduced this program in uh, to office workers. Uh, whereas passive break meaning that you just take a rest and just relax and don't do anything, okay? Mm -hmm. So that would be called a passive break. So is it better to do exercises while you're having a break, a rest break, or is it better to just rest? Okay, mm -hmm. so I think that is a very interesting question. And she picked a very uh, interesting group, the laparoscopic surgeons. So oh. she's going to talk about the results of that study in her in her presentation. The second uh, presenter is Professor uh, Pascal Madeline. I've known Pascal for many years. Uh, we have a very uh, similar interest in research. And uh, uh, he's from, uh, he's actually French, but he lives in uh, Denmark 
and uh, he's uh, from the uh, Allborg University. They have a very strong team in looking at the biomechanics and uh, research on pain in uh, different uh, body regions. And recently, uh, he's been doing research on the different modes of biofeedback, uh, looking at uh, either uh, using single bipolar, one-channel uh, bipolar uh, surface EMG to do the biofeedback or multiple channels on different muscles in the neck mm -hmm. shoulder region. As you know, our neck and shoulder, we have uh, trapezius, we have erector spinae, we have many muscles that control the, the neck and shoulder posture. So he's looking at the effects of these different modes of applying uh, biofeedback to produce uh, muscle relaxation mm -hmm. or to reorganize the uh, activation of muscles in the neck shoulder region. Mm -hmm. What are the effects of these different kinds of uh, intervention? And also another uh, type of uh, biofeedback he has done is called mechanomyography. It's using kind of a, not just a signal, but a, a vibration in the sensor when mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the uh, EMG signal pick up the muscle activity. So it is uh, quite an uh, 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 advanced technique in uh, uh, using biofeedback. So he's been doing this kind of research for many years and is a very well-established uh, world-class researcher. So I learned from him a lot too. So uh, uh, he will be presenting his work uh, as the second speaker. I will be the third speaker and I will present a recent study that actually uh, I'm still doing right now is that mm -hmm. I find recently uh, there are products uh, available on the market that are coming from research. Okay, it is really good to see this. Uh, uh, now you can buy actually a wearable sensor that is like uh, the size of a uh, small, uh, like a... Uh, uh, like uh, something like this size, okay, a small uh, sensor, like a small matchbox, okay, uh -huh. and you can apply it on your, the back of your neck or your uh, upper back or lower back, and you can actually, uh, and it would be, you can activate the uh, uh, app on your phone mm -hmm. uh, from Play Store or iPhone, uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, you can set, once you activate the sensor, it will sense your head, or your spinal flexion angle. And you can set how low to, to activate the, the feedback signal. And then it will give you a vibration when your uh, angle, your flexion angle is uh, exceeding the flat threshold. So, and it is very uh, uh, economical. So I think it is a great idea to see how people can use this, such a, a, a easily adaptable sensor uh, in your daily life mm -hmm. uh, compared to a more clinical sensor which uh, will sense the muscle activity. Uh, we call it the muscle biofeedback sensor which apply on the neck muscle mm -hmm. uh, to sense if your muscle activity exceeds a th certain threshold, it will give you a auditory signal, not a vibration signal. Mm -hmm. So I uh, have a study ongoing right now that examined the effects of six weeks mm -hmm. using these two types of sensors on different uh, people. Uh, for two hours daily huh? and see what is the effect, which one is more effective uh, to produce a reduction in neck pain and also to remind people to become more aware 
you know how everyone nowadays is always looking down at their smartphone. I'm just gonna say that every time I use my smartphone, it's I think my neck is permanently going to. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, we we there's actually phenomenon called the head down tribe. Ah, the head down, ah, generation. Ha, in Chinese, ah, 低头族 Ha, meaning that you're always looking down. Okay. Ah, ah, twenty-four hours a day when you're not sleeping, you're looking down. Okay. So, ah, ah, this is the area that I'm most interested in. So, ah, I will present my research on that. And the fourth speaker is ah Professor Alberto Heredio Rizzo. He's ah also a physiotherapist from Spain. He has been looking at the effects of different kinds of exercise intervention uh, among the office workers, which include like aerobic exercise or um, strength training exercise, like resisted exercise and uh, functional training. So what is the effect of doing these different kinds of exercise training? How can you make people... Uh, Compliant or adhere to the exercise program that is very important. So he was looking at the effects of maybe using some digitally delivered intervention. For example, maybe have some reminders or some apps on your phone to remind you to do exercise. What is the outcome of such intervention? So he will present the results of that. So I think the four topics are very closely related. And very uh applicable to uh uh clinicians, researchers, as well as people who are actually we ourselves are also victims of this kind of problems. You know, I tell people to not always bend their head down, but I do it all the time myself too. So, uh, so I hope we're not doctors who cannot uh uh cure themselves. We have to sit up straight first. Well, that's a yep. wonderful team that uh, is gathering for this symposium, and I really look forward to it. Um, are there any? Uh, I know you mentioned that workers and surgeons, but are there any other particular groups that the four of you are focusing on, or are those the two groups? Um, now, uh, the first speaker, Tessie, is talking about the surgeons, right? Uh, the rest, the three of us have been doing a lot of research on office workers, which can also include uh, people like teachers uh, or university students uh, or uh, uh, educators or uh, people who uh, uh, do use computers or, or uh, electronic device a lot, which really covers, you know, uh, a large proportion of the general population nowadays, uh, as you people in the uh, urban uh, environment, uh, people living in cities, uh, and uh, uh, and not so much the those in the uh, farmers. Uh, that that may be the one exceptional group. Ah, also the uh, construction workers. That will be another category. They do more heavy work. We are looking at more uh, people who maintain a lot of static posture and seated posture uh, most of the time. Huh? That is the, our sort of target. In the uh in our research topics, yeah, got it. Um, so I'm not obviously not going to ask you to share the findings of your research so far. I know you're still under doing it. Um, in the process of it, I mean. Um, but can you share common risk factors and preventative measures for workers who use computers and mobile devices extensively? So basically, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, 
there have already been uh, a lot of ergonomic guidelines uh, uh, available. Uh, nowadays, you just uh, even on the Google or Internet, you can find a lot of recommendations about how to position your screen and also uh, to position your keyboard and, and the mouse in a right. good uh, position. Uh, those kind of uh, suggestions are already available. But it's important that a lot of people don't realize their own posture. Uh, they, they would focus on their work uh, so hard that they would uh, mm. forget that they are, their neck is going more and more forward, their muscles are tense up, and that they've been sitting for hours. Uh, sometimes we uh, we don't have this awareness, so uh, we often advocate people should take a break uh, every. Uh, the break can be even for three to five minutes every hour. Uh, mm. There's a lot of people. Uh, even you mentioned different what kind of uh, uh, occupations. People who are even engineers or uh, draftsmen, mm. uh, they are designers. They may sit in front of the screen or people who, who develop uh, IT technology. Mm -hmm. They in three, four hours, they don't realize they haven't been getting up at all. Mm -hmm. They don't. So even taking a toilet break is, is good. So that's why nowadays, uh, last uh, few years, you find that uh, people who sell furniture now are, are advocating the standing desk. Or you can actually buy a uh, gadget to put on top of your desk so that you can stand up once in a while rather than sit all the time. That mm -hmm. is the, the latest uh, recommendation. But of course, if you have to stand eight to 10 hours a day, it's a bit too much. So uh, there's been uh, uh, research uh, advocating that you uh, sit for two or uh, in like a morning session, you spend maybe two hours standing, two hours sitting, uh, mm -hmm. or to alternate, uh, one hour standing, one hour sitting, something like that. Uh, that will help to relieve the pressure on your back, on your spine, and also your muscles don't have to keep like the rubber band, always yeah. keep on tension because they have yeah. to maintain the uh, posture in a, mm. in a static position for a long time. So those are the uh, recommendations. Also, uh, overall, people uh, nowadays, they don't play sport. They play sport on the, on the, <laughs> on the phone. They don't actually go really to <laughs> yeah, not really go out and play sport, okay? Uh, so we uh, a lot of times we need to, uh, for the health, uh, a sedentary lifestyle, too much sitting is not good for health. Mm -hmm. So uh, not just the musculoskeletal system, but also cardiorespiratory, uh, mm -hmm. your cardiovascular fitness, okay? So uh, and also may lead to obesity and uh, diabetes even, uh, heart disease, all these things can result from too much sitting mm -hmm. and not enough exercise. So uh, all people need to be aware. We, we are always advocating this kind of uh, uh, important uh, change in the lifestyle to be aware of the, sedent uh, the uh, adverse health effects of sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so active pauses, biofeedback, postural correction, exercise training, these are yes. all very important interventions for magic. Yes. Yes, Hustlers that's right. Yeah. right. Um, can you explain how these interventions work and their respective roles in addressing this different aspects of the disorder? Uh, right. Um, actually, the different kinds of interventions, like the active breaks, uh, doing exercises, and uh, or using biofeedback. Of course, actually, using biofeedback 
involves uh, you really need a very uh, lot of uh, compliance from the people. It would be more those with more severe pain. They right. try doing exercises. They try improving their posture. It still cannot work. Then we would recommend them to use their biofeedback device because it, it's uh, more hassle. Mm -hmm. You have to put the sensor on and you may have to buy the device and, and things like that. So the most simple is uh, knowing to have an awareness of your posture. Uh, taking active breaks doesn't cost anything, right? And also uh, now doing exercises in the workplace, uh, some people are happy to do that. Some people think that it is a bit strange, all right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just say, uh, recommend people to maybe um, uh, when you take a break, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, maybe walk. Nowadays, we have the, the printers next to you, or even you don't print anything, right? You read everything on the screen. So your eyes are also tired. Your muscles are tired. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, taking a break is good that you can uh, relax your muscle, even uh, let your eyes have a rest. So those would be the, the easiest interventions. And also look at your total work hours. Huh? And also after work. Go and do exercise, or if you don't do it in the workplace. Now, again, in a lot of the developed countries, Western countries, they would actually may have a uh, gym room in the in the company, or they may have some nice, uh, maybe have some bicycles, uh, uh, stationary bikes for people to do uh, work, uh, to do exercise mm -hmm. uh, in between work hours. Huh? Uh, and some companies will even organize social activities for their, their staff. That, of course, is the fantastic thing. But if you don't have that kind of uh, setup, then you have to be more disciplined and make yourself exercise, either uh, maybe during your lunch hour, go out for a walk. Mm -hmm. uh, after work, uh, we often advocate a lot of stretching exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and sometimes even, uh, even in Hong Kong, uh, some of the hospitals they or the uh, construction work site um, and even schools. Uh, as I'm a member of the Occupational Safety and Health Council, uh, yeah. we do advocate these sort of things. And some companies would uh, make all the staff do uh, 10 minutes of uh, exercises at the start of a work day and then or in the middle of the work day and at the end of the work day. And those are uh, good uh, work habits that uh, if it can be introduced at the workplace is a good thing. Yeah. Have you personally found something that works better than other interventions for you or for your students or for your friends, family? What is the one thing that you would tell them to start doing? Actually, uh, many people uh, about the forward head posture, a lot of yeah. people don't realize it. And sometimes it's... Uh, <laughs> Teach, uh, taking a photo, someone yeah. else take a photo either from the side or from mm -hmm. the back and then and then show them. And then also uh, we often do a lot of education. Uh, we show them the structure in the spine. Uh -huh. uh, and then we show them the bones, you know, the head. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 there's a picture we use a lot uh, about the, with the skeleton, you know, showing the head and you, the, the head. The weight of the head uh, is actually held up by your spine. Mm -hmm. So if we sh uh, show them that horrible picture of the head going forward yeah. uh, and also uh, taking a photo, nowadays so easy with the cell phone, yeah. uh, and then show them, uh, then they realize, gee, I didn't know that my head was, uh, uh, and my, mm -hmm. my spine is so curved. Uh, showing them their own posture and then uh, reminding them uh, is, uh, is a very uh, useful thing. 
building awareness. That's a great first step. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for that. We're coming to an end of our episode, um, but I have one last question for you. Yes. Uh, as a physiotherapist, as an educator in the field, um, what advice do you have for students who are interested in this field? Yeah, um, actually, in teaching physiotherapy, because we work with uh, people at all ages, and also we have a lot of uh, different specialty areas like neurological, cardiorespiratory things. So I always try to uh, uh, stimulate or uh, inspire my students to have this strong interest in occupational health and ergonomics. Uh, so I, I sometimes uh, I will show them the kind of uh, interesting jobs that I have done. For example, I have uh, gone into people's office to uh, assess their posture, etc. And the most dangerous one I have done <laughs> is actually, one. yeah, uh, one time I was invited by a company, uh, you know, the uh, containers, container pot. Uh-huh. They have a lot of those high cranes. Right, and uh, the operator needs to go to the top of the crane, uh, and there is a control room on top, and they have to uh, control the the hook that will grab the container and put it on the on the ship, right? You know, uh, the container port. Yeah, I've seen it happen, like maybe in a movie, or I'm watching a documentary and something like that. But yes, it looks quite dangerous climbing. And, you know, once they go up there, they work there for many hours before yeah. they come down. So they also suffer a lot from uh, uh, back and neck pain. So it's not just people who sit in office, okay, right. typing on computer. So I was invited by the company to uh, take all my measurement instruments, my uh, surface EMG and all the sensors. And I worked with my assistant. We climbed up to the, the crane operator <laughs> control room, which is like 10 story high up, and put sensors on them and measure their spinal movement mm-hmm. and muscle activity. So, you know, as a physiotherapist, we, I never think of uh, doing some something like that. So that was a very interesting <laughs> kind of work that I did. And uh, so quite interesting experience. So I, I would show that uh, experience to my students to inspire them. You know, you never know uh, what kind of uh, workers that you work with. For example, we now have some uh, students that graduated and work in the Disneyland as physiotherapists. <laughs> I love that for them. Because they have to, uh, because Disneyland, the dancers, they, they, they also have a lot of aches and pains. So they actually hire full-time physiotherapists to uh, give them treatment and also to educate them how to uh, do their stretching or prepare uh, for their dancing work. So, so there's a, a very diversified uh, uh, area that we can uh, work in. So, uh, and also we get a lot of satisfaction to help people uh, improve their quality of life and uh, uh, regain their functions, for example, after they've had injury. So uh, th- that's the kind of things I try to uh, inspire my students to do. That's very inspiring. I'm sure, I'm sure that works. Uh, and now I can't get the image of a physiotherapist like doing his w- w- treatment protocol on Donald Duck or <laughs> I, I just can't get it out of my head. Donald Duck is sitting there going, oh, my neck, my shoulder. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we don't just work in hospitals. We go to different companies. We can uh, go to different sites, like construction sites. I've also done some work with uh, rebar workers. They tie the steel rods on the construction site. They also mm -hmm. have exit paints. So all kinds of occupations and all kinds of situations, they can benefit from advice uh, from physiotherapists. So, yeah. That's the, the beauty of our work. <laughs> You're doing wonderful work with Jose. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it was yes. a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to hearing your symposium. Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you for this uh, interview. Yes. And let's do another one on BTS. <sighs> <laughs> oh, you have to give me time to practice my dance moves. <laughs> Me too. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a choreograph together. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. See you then. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye bye.